Uh, that's a Good Neighbor Project coming up. Uh, I want to transition to what we're talking about in the series that we've been in. We've been going through the book of Hebrews uh, all summer long, and we have uh, today and two more weeks of this. And so we're all the way up to chapter 11. And if you've been following along, we've been going chapter by chapter looking at this book. And it's a really challenging book that gives us kind of these perspectives to say, you know what? Uh, if you really, really believe this, and if you really want to follow this, that, you know, it calls us to great things, and it calls us to an account. It calls us to, to do things, to act on our faith. And today we're getting into the, a section that is probably the most famous chapter in the book of Hebrews, and it's a chapter on faith. And it says, this is what faith is. And all the things that have led up to this, all the chapters that led up to this, have talked about, like, this is what we believe. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe he came. We believe he died for us. We believe these things. And it kind of sets a foundation for what chapter 11 talks about. You know, faith is talked about in lots of different ways. And sometimes faith uh, I hear it talked about in a way that kind of almost seems uh, demeaning in a way or simplistic. I've heard people, you know, you hear people say a lot like a childlike faith. And that comes from the Bible, a childlike faith. But for me, I don't know about you, but it just kind of feels like it's like, oh, you're a person of faith. You're kind of like... Oh, you have a simple view of the world. That is, you know, you, you haven't thought about things deeply in your life. You're a person of faith. And sometimes you hear it talked about almost in opposition to somebody who is a thinking person. Somebody who is an intellectual person. Somebody who's smart. And it's like, okay, it's the people who are people of faith and the people who know what they're talking about. Who are more educated. Who are, who are smarter. And to be honest with you, you know, that, that is definitely demeaning. And it's definitely uh, something that I resist. Is we understand that faith is foundational. That we can't come to God. And this is what the verses will, re will say that we read here in a moment. You can't come to God without faith. Because God is bigger and broader and more uh, intelligent than us. How can we come to God on a level playing field? We can't. However, it's more than just kind of this idea of, you know what, you walk blindly and mysteriously into the world and you just, that's, that's what faith is. Is it's just kind of like somebody that's thrown up their hands and said, I don't understand stuff, so I just take everything on faith. There is something incredibly powerful and profound about a childlike faith. There is. And you know what? When you're hanging out with those kids and they can, they, they have incredible faith and they have like just kind of overwhelming joy and, and they get it right away, it's refreshing and it's powerful. And I believe wholeheartedly God is just pleased when like we do things like this for kids. Because kids sometimes exemplify faith and obedience to God better than adults do. Sometimes they do. And so I don't in any way want to minimize a childlike faith. I think that's profound and it's beautiful and it's something we can all learn from. However, faith is complicated. 
Extremely complicated. It's not simplistic. It's not like, it's not something that just comes easy and you're just like, oh, I'm just a person of faith instead of a person of thought. It's not anything like that. And if and when I've heard people talk about faith in these kind of terms, I say, man, have you really encountered and have you really experienced faith? Because faith is way more complicated than that. It's hard. It's a struggle. It takes guts. Faith takes guts. Faith is difficult. And so today I want to look at this chapter that details the idea on faith. And I want us to recognize faith on that deeper level. That faith is not like just this wimpy thing for people who have given up thought. Not at all. Not in any regard whatsoever. And there has been a trend uh, in our culture, in our world... Um, particularly here in North America, that people have said, I'm abandoning faith. And I think, for the most part, what I've heard from people is that they've been abandoning the faith that is kind of more like a childlike faith. They're abandoning the faith that doesn't struggle through things or doesn't really take guts or isn't really, really difficult. It's that faith that's kind of like, uh, everything is simple, I just, I just believe. And that's it. Well, that's not truly an adult, thought-out, mature picture of faith. It's not a full picture. And so we need to think about that. And sometimes people have said, I've abandoned faith. Maybe it's because of the bad things that they've seen in the world. Maybe it's because, uh, you know, you look around and say, the world is very complicated and I can't deal with it. Let me just tell you, it takes guts to stand up and be a person of faith when there's all kinds of horrible things around. That is not simple. And it's complex. And it requires some thought. That's, that is very true. When we see news stories, and you know, more last yesterday, that are just looking at the evil in the world. Listen, people of faith, this is serious stuff. This takes some guts. This is a big deal. There's another thing I've heard often. When people say, I'm abandoning or walking away from faith, and a lot of times it is because, you know, quite honestly, faith requires something of us. It requires some accountability on our part. It requires us to give an account for our creator, to our creator. It requires something, and I've seen people that have just kind of slowly abandoned faith because the reality is... If you truly are a person of faith, it means I'm accountable to something. And that also takes some guts to say, I am a person of faith. So let's get into it in Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, you can turn along in your Bibles. It will come up on the screen, but follow along. And it is a pretty long chapter. I'm going to pause kind of as we go through. But we're going to read the entire chapter of Hebrews chapter 11. It says this. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for. And assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
So we're going to pause right there, and we'll, um, we're going to be going through, and you have your note-taking guide if you want to follow along. But there's four different things, kind of sections that I see through the chapter that it talks about faith on different angles and different dimensions. And the first one right there is it opens up by saying faith is a confidence. Faith is a confidence in what, uh, what, what you, you can't 100% see, 100% verify scientifically, Something that you can't tangibly touch, but you're saying, I still believe in that. I put my confidence in that. Again, we're not talking about a blind faith or an unquestioning faith that is saying that nothing really matters or I don't give it a lot of thought. But it's talking about somebody who is clear-minded. Someone who, is, who is re- has resolve. Someone who has said, with confidence, I have put my faith in something. I put my faith in it. This is the direction I believe that I should go in my life. This is what I put my foundation on. This is what I believe about the world. And so I have some confidence in this. And, some t- and this is, again, where sometimes it's easy to get caught up, quite frankly, in a faithless faith. What do I mean by that? Kind of a faith that is kind of wishy-washy, unsure, uncertain, and kind of riding the fence. Kind of your whole life just kind of like, could be, that could be, but this also could be, not quite sure, you know, and so I'll kind of play it in the middle, I'll, I'll weigh my options, I'll like kind of, I'll say my prayers sometimes, but I won't be too close-minded, you know, I'll just kind of, kind of in, ride the middle a little bit. Kind of, kind of that kind of faith, like a faithless faith, not quite going all in on what it is that you believe. And so what happens sometimes with this is it's like it's almost this indecision of I'm not quite so sure about everything. So it's kind of easy to, to not do much or not really, really take my whole life and base it around this. It's kind of easier to kind of, kind of play it right down the middle. Yeah, I believe that God's out there, but I don't want to be kind of like some crazy Jesus freak or something like that. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I want a moderate amount of faith. And I think that is, that, that, that's kind of an easy way to go in some regards. And the first verse right here is saying that that kind of faith is, is not, not fully faith. It's not full faith. That kind of faith is not a confidence in what you believe. Now, I'll tell you, if you're somebody that has lots of doubts and struggles and have like lots of different things that you say, these are the big questions I have, I really strongly encourage you, to think about those, write those down, do some, do some like prayer on those, talk to other people, investigate, do those things. Don't run away from tough questions. Don't run away from like challenges to faith. Go and seek something deeper. But let's be clear. There is a point in time that you have to say, this is what I believe. There's a point in time where you have to say, I'm put, I've put my faith in this. I put my faith in this, and now I'm moving forward. You know, or, or, or else it's just something that just kind of, in some ways, 
doesn't really affect or change your life. It's just kind of a faithless faith. It's just a generic, yeah, I have some faith. So the scripture tells us right here at the introduction to this chapter, and you'll see why it's so important that this is kind of foundational. It says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance of what we do not see. There's a point in time where I say, I am a person of faith. I believe. And I'm moving forward with that. And when struggles or other things come up, yeah, I'll deal with those. But I have confidence. I'm a person of faith. I believe. And if if there's lots of other questions, the first 10 chapters of the book of Hebrews is a great way to start just like looking through all the things where it says, this is why we believe this. This is why we believe this. But now there's a point in time where you say, now I'm a person of faith and I have confidence in what I believe. It continues on in verse three. It says this, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. So the second thing that it talks about is an understanding. And an understanding that I think is more than just knowing lots of facts. But an understanding that I see is kind of like a seeking of wisdom. That it's an understanding that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what was seen was, you know... What is visible it was made by what is invisible, by these natures. And saying, and I think that this understanding piece is a genuine seeking of wisdom. A genuine seeking of that. It's an active thing. It's saying, I have this understanding, I have this foundation. I have done some thought, I have given it some thought, and I have some things that I'm building my life upon. I have a base of understanding. But this understanding, it, it, it's both seeking, it's seeking of wisdom. It's, it's the going after, it's the looking for, it's the searching, but it's also the wisdom. And wisdom is a unique word. It's different than knowledge. Wisdom is really knowing, to, knowing what to do with knowledge. Knowing what to do with it. Because you can know lots of things, but if you are not wise, it really doesn't change your life at all. But this is talking about a firm confidence in my faith and an understanding of what is going on. And it really leads to what the rest of the chapter talks about. And it, and it leads to action. And so let's read the, the, the majority of the chapter here where it says, and it demonstrates what people of faith, what their lives are like. This is what people of faith are like. So it starts in verse four and almost gives us a, a summary of multiple characters throughout the entire Old Testament. It says this, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. 
And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when he warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to the place that he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs of him, of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children, because she considered him faithful, who, is, who has made the promise. And from this one man... He, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. By faith, when God tested him, offer, uh, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. Who had embraced the promise, promises, was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to them, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of his bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, when Moses had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who was invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, uh, because she was welcomed by the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And this is really what this chapter is all about. It's the line and the people of faith. 
It's been called kind of the Hall of Faith, or almost like the Hall of Fame right here, for the, the people through the Old Testament. That through all of these things, they had a foundation, a confidence, they had an understanding of what life was really about, and they walked in bold action, and they let, lived it out. And there was times where it was difficult and times where it was, di- it was trying, but they moved forward and pressed forward. And it even talks about how they didn't even receive all the things that were promised, but they believed in something even beyond this life. And they acted in boldness and courage. My, like, I'll tell you, faith is not simple and it is not weak. Faith is courageous. Do you see these people that time and time again had to decide, this is what my life is about. I'm going to go upstream from the rest of the world and do things that are difficult, bold, and challenging because I have a different view of the world. I'm a person of faith. This is very complicated and very courageous and very challenging. You see, what faith is really about is not just some kind of like, like, like understanding that pacifies maybe some of our fears. Faith is looking those fears right in the face and walking right after them and going after them and saying, I believe in something bigger and stronger and I'm not afraid. I'm a person of faith and I will act and I'll have action and my life means something. And there'll be things that go along with it. Faith is about action. Faith is about about doing those things and really matching up our beliefs with our life. And people all throughout the years are commended. And God looks down at them and says, look at what they did when they say, I'm going to walk out and do something that is uncomfortable because I believe. I believe in something more. Continuing on in verse 32. It gives us an encouragement. To be unswerving. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to talk about. uh, Tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah. About David, Samuel, the prophets. Who through faith conquered kingdoms. Administered justice. Gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fiery flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so they might gain even a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sodden too. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins, goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us they would be made perfect. Not simple. And incredible, it says, and over and over in the book of Hebrews, it says, 
hold on to your faith. Let me tell you, it's a struggle. Faith is a struggle because many times you're faith, faced with incredibly difficult things and it would be much easier to cower back in fear than to face things in faith. And it says there are so many people over the years that had to face incredible resolve and commitment to stand up and say, I believe in something and no matter what goes on around me, it will not change me. I'm going to stand firm and I'm going to be a person of faith. The community, it, and it's an incredible thing. Let me tell you, you know, like, of course, as all of us are sickened when news stories come out, like they did yesterday, where there was two incredibly serious uh, shootings that happened yesterday, and it's commonplace in our culture. It's, it's, it's something that sometimes the reaction might be, why are there so many terrible things here in this world This is an example of why I should walk away from faith. Let me tell you, this is a time where people of faith have to stand up. People of faith have to stand up and say, you know what? We will not be ruled by fear. We will be ruled by faith. And we believe that love will overcome evil. And we believe that. And I am not going to like, I'm not going to cower back and like be a person of fear. Instead, I'm going to say, I believe that love is stronger. And I'm going to double down and say, I'm a person of love. And the people around me, I'm going to combat evil and hate with love. I'm going to combat it with that. And that's my response. And so it's not a matter of, like, this is not simple, easy stuff. This is standing up in the middle of a world that has lots of evil, pain, and all of these things, and saying, I refuse to let that be the story of my family and my community. I refuse. That's not going to be something that identifies me. I'm going to do something different. And I'm actively going to be about that. And the people I come in contact with, I'm going to demonstrate and show them love. And that changes them. That transforms things. That does something. And that is not easy or simple. That takes a lot of guts to say, I am unswerving even when things around me are incredibly complicated and difficult. I stand firmly, and this is what I believe, and this is what is right. And I'm not going to let evil win. I'm not going to do that. And let me just say, and let me be very clear, that people who have a faith should be the most courageous people in the world. We should be the most courageous people that that exist. Because you know what? We believe that God is in control. We believe that there is life after death. We believe that there's something more to life than all of this. And so if there's anything that should identify us is we should be courageous. We should be courageous in a world that is really shaken. And I'll tell you what, the world desperately needs people that stand up and say, you know what, I am going to stand firm and be a person of faith in the middle of all of this mess. There is hope, there is life, and I hold unswervingly to my faith even when the world around me is a mess. I hold to that. And that's what we do. In the face of evil and fear, 
we hold to faith. And we stand up. And we're courageous. And you see all these people down through the years. And we all should be so grateful and have incredible thankfulness for people who went before us. When there was really difficult times to be a person of faith. And they faced it and some of them gave up their life for it. And said, I'm going to stand firmly in that. And it talks about them here in the Bible. And there's countless other examples all throughout history of people who said, I'm not going to let fear win. I'm going to follow God in faith. And some people paid the ultimate price for that. But this is what the scripture is telling us and trying really in this passage. It's really kind of a coach up uh, moment that is trying to say, get fired up and get ready and don't like don't like settle for anything else. Is it saying, look at all the people who went before us. Look at all the people around you. And you know what? Keep going and don't give up and don't quit. And that's what we're here for. We're here for one another to encourage one another on. To keep going in the faith. Because it's so easy to just say, I'm abandoning my faith. I can't do it. It's too hard. The scripture is telling us here, don't quit. Don't give up. And so, at the conclusion of this, it says this. Therefore, in chapter 12. Therefore, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Don't give up. And what it's saying is, is run. Run that race. Run that race. Keep on. I know it's hard. I know it's times it's hard in your family. It's hard in your community. But keep running that race. Keep coming together. We need to come together and keep pushing each other on and helping each other out and supporting one another because this is big stuff. It's not simplistic things. It is taking hold of faith. This is courageous, and this is big, and this is bold. So what are you taking hold of? Love your neighbors. Love your neighbors. Take ownership and love your family and think about that and be be really intentional about that. How do you live that out? How are you talking in your homes? Love your neighbors and love your family and demonstrate that in a powerful way and keep doing it. Serve other people. Help other people do those things. Run the race. Just keep running the race. And this is what the scripture encourages us to. What a joy it is, and it's a privilege personally to be a part of a community like this, that we're here for each other, And we're saying, you know what? When the world is a mess, we tell our neighborhood and each other that, you know what? There is a God that loves them. That God loves you. And that is an answer for the evil in the world. 
that we'll just simply be a good neighbor and continue on and take care of those things around us in a way that is unswerving and, and filled with faith. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for the pep talk in Hebrews chapter 11. The challenge that is really very complicated and very bold and very big. That you tell us faith is something that is powerful and profound. God, help us to understand that and grasp it. We thank you for the bold people that went before us and faced so many difficulties, but they carried on and they ran the race. God, help us to have the courage to do the same. To not give up, to not not fall away, to, to, to not be halfway in, but God, help us to be people of faith that stand up. So right now, God, I pray you come to us and encourage us and help us to keep running that race. I want you to take a moment right now and reflect on the words of Hebrews 11. And ask yourself in your life, what areas in your life do you need to just, do you need to push through? And go deeper in your faith and just continue to run. What, what areas maybe have you, have you been ruled by fear instead of faith? And ask God for help. Because God will show up and God will help you. So I invite you to offer your own prayers to God. Open yourselves up. Listen to God's voice.